Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates, where leaders find the insights, advice, and encouragement they need to lead courageously. Welcome back to our humble home at Courageous Police Leadership. Thank you for joining us. I hope your week is going fantastic. It's a crazy, crazy world out there that the only way we get through it, if you've been listening to, is leadership and specifically courageous leadership, which I will very quickly define with you as not only just leadership that's in your head, the head knowledge, but the leadership that goes to your heart, that goes to your feet, where you practice this each and every day. And I had a thought that I wanted to talk to you about, and I want to preface that with a question. And here's the question. Are you as a leader practicing self-awareness? Now, to explain self-awareness, let me give you a personal story. Several years ago, I was given command over a pretty high-functioning division. This division had things in it like people that flew helicopters, people that had canine dogs, uh, people that were on SWAT teams, tactical units, uh, people that rode motorcycles, really, really units to where the officers that were present in those units had spent a significant amount of time off duty and on duty in their career, in their life to achieve that goal. You have some officers that come on to police departments and they say, hey, my goal is to be a sergeant or my goal is to be a detective. Well, these were men and women where they said, this is what I want to do for my career. And, of course, it takes many years, if you're familiar with the bureaucracy and agencies around the country, to do those things. It takes many years to achieve that goal. And I was given command of this division and pretty honored to be there and because Like I said, all the employees, you didn't have troubled employees in these type of divisions. These are very high-functioning, type-A personalities that know what they're doing. They're the experts in these particular fields. That's why they have been placed there, and some of them have been placed there for many, many years. No one goes to these units for a few years and leaves. Like, these are units, when you get there, you pretty much stay there for quite a long time, if not the rest of your career. But I noticed something very strange early on in this assignment. Everyone was extremely nice. Now, I have no problem with nice, right? Nice is good. But almost to the point to where it was kind of like Eddie Haskellish, right? Like, you know, leave it to Beaver. I know I'm maybe dating myself. I'm not even that old, but you know what I mean. You know, everybody in my generation has probably watched that because it was the only thing on when you were a kid, which is weird. Like these kids today got it so lucky they can just hit a button and watch whatever they want. We had like three channels and leave it to Beaver and I love Lucy. Okay, you get it. Kind of Eddie Haskellish, like, yeah, they were nice, but I kind of got the impression that maybe some of them weren't as genuine nice other than just being nice to be nice. And I started, dive, and they would say things like, do you need help moving the stuff into your office? And do you, you, do you need me to go down and wash your car? And I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, right? But that was odd to me. Like, I don't mind people being nice, but I got the impression that maybe there was an ulterior motive. But more importantly, and once again, I, I want to preface this, these are really good men and women. I don't, I don't mean to badmouth the men and women in these units. They were really good at what they did, but I got the impression there was a little self-preservation there. And what do I mean by that? Well, the only person that could kind of upend their career, send them out of the units they dreamed of, was me. 
like the commander was kind of the guy or gal that could just go, you know, I think we could use another helicopter pilot. Thanks for participating. You know, I think your time in K-9 is up. Thank you for your service. Like that's the power that most commanders have in American law enforcement. And I had that. And so I got the impression that maybe they were just making sure that I would continually be happy with them regardless. And that made me extremely uneasy, as it should any leader. At this point, you have two sort of roads of approach you could take or roads to travel. One, I could be, I could live at large, right? Like everybody's telling me everything I want to hear. Like, I'm the greatest commander out there. I'm the greatest leader out there. I'm doing so much for you. I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything right. So that's great. It makes life great. That's the easy path. And I do not believe the courageous leadership takes the easy path. I believe we do things that most don't. If you followed me here, you should understand that. We say things, do things, and we act in a way that will make us lead, leave a legacy, to make us lead correctly, make us lead courageously, that that is not what the easy path is. The easy path is... As Chief Mike Koval said on this very podcast, we go along to get along, right? And we look where that has gotten us in recent years. So that's one way to do it is just take the compliments and move on. Or build in an environment to where you can ensure that you're on the right path of leadership. And here's what I mean by that. Depending on where you are in the rank structure, obviously leadership is not ranked, but if you are the, the higher you go up in ranks or authority, as a leader, it becomes a scarier and scarier time because the less people are willing to be honest with you, especially people working for you. Okay, most employees, they don't want to get sideways with commanders or sergeants or lieutenants or whoever. So they're going to kind of just not say the negative things and only say the positive things. And so if you're not careful as a leader, you can just internalize all those positive things and not, not understand when you're really screwing up. So it was really important for me to build a culture in that division to where they would be honest with me, no matter what. And there's a couple ways of doing that. I'll tell you how I did it. You may have your own way, but the important thing for this message I want you to take away from is, is you have to do something. You cannot sit back and just say, oh, I've got an open door policy. Nobody walks in my door, so I must be doing great. No, no, you have to go to their door. Most open door policies are bogus because most people will not walk in your door, right? Some will, but most won't. They'll, st they'll stay in the car and bitch about you. Or they'll talk bad about you, or they'll talk about what a stupid job you're doing, but you'll never know that. And so you've got to build an environment to where they're comfortable to be honest with you. And the way to do that is, is to continually to solicit feedback to the point to where you're almost forcing them to tell you something that they don't want to tell you. And when they tell you that, here's the key, you cannot get mad. You just can't. You cannot get mad. The minute you get mad about something they tell you, they're never going to be honest with you again. Uh, this was very apparent in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election. I'll give you a reminder. Probably you're going to remember. It was Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Before the election, Hillary Clinton's um, poster went to her and said you need to go to the Midwest more in your visits in your stump speeches polling is indicating that people in the Midwest do not like you and I think we could pick up a few states if you travel to the Midwest more she fired the poster 
Okay. Do you think any posters were ever honest with her or any employees were ever honest with her after that? Probably not. And so she probably, I'm just making this up, my opinion, she probably had a lack of self-awareness of where her faults were. And listen, those of you out there going, yeah, yeah, Hillary, Hillary did this. Now, Trump's no better, okay? Pretty, pretty, it's on record that Trump will fire pretty much anybody and everybody if they cross him, okay? That's what I've been told at least. I don't know the man. And so that's a very dangerous place to be as a leader. You have to build an environment to where people will be honest with you. And the only way to do that is, is to make sure that they're being honest with you because honesty comes through critique. You know they're being honest when there's critique. You don't have to agree with the critique, but you have to be able to accept the critique in a professional manner. And so I was making some headway with that, but I did something else that I still do to this day that is very important. I met with three I wouldn't call them friends. They, they actually are friends, but I met with three friends or colleagues. I met with them every couple of weeks over lunch. And I would ask them, how are things going? What do you think about my idea on this? What do you think about this policy change on this? How do people think about this? Could this be done better? And you have to give them permission to be honest with you. But here's the key. As I said earlier, you can't get mad. Now, so I, I was able to do that. I still do that to this day, and it's been one of the most valuable things I've ever done in leadership. Because quite frankly, if we're honest, depending on your position, wherever you are, you can kind of be in a bubble. As a commander, I'm not on the streets very often. So I'm implementing policies, or I am making recommendations that affect people on the street. I don't always see that come back on whether it's working or not, and I need that vital feedback. So... Depending on where you are, you must do that. You cannot just think people are going to tell you when they don't like it or it's not working. You have to solicit that. And so those sort of bi-monthly meetings have been extremely helpful. Now, the minute I got mad, I would get mad at somebody for that, it's over. You're never going to get anybody to be honest with you again. But that has been extremely valuable. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because just today, I think all of that foundational work that I have worked on for many, many years really helped me today and you have to understand something if you've been in this business for for me 30 years but for you maybe it's less maybe it's more the longer you're in this business the more rank you achieve the more assignments you get if you're not careful you can kind of get an attitude of man i kind of know this stuff i really don't have much else to learn right and that is a lack of self-awareness you have to fight against that and that's at every level. I don't want people to think it's just at a commander or a chief level. I mean, if you're a sergeant, you need your officers to be honest with you. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean if somebody says, hey, Major, this isn't working, that I mean to go, okay, you're right. Let's change it. No, no. I've changed some things, and I haven't changed other things. But the important part is that constant feedback, whatever mechanism you can implement. I have mine. You'll develop yours. Just today... I think this paid off for me. And I want to tell you a quick story. I was in the office this morning, and I was in a particularly bad mood. Now, let me say something about bad moods. Everybody gets in bad moods. There was no particular reason I was in a bad mood. I just wasn't in a good mood. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Had to get up early and uh, run my kid to school super early. Of course, I'm in my personal cars. I got to run back home. I got to get my unit. And, you know, it's just my day was kind of messed up early on. 
And I got to work. Coffee wasn't that good. Things just weren't going right. A couple emails I didn't like. And I was just in a pissed off mood. And I had a couple of employees in my office. And I sort of, this mood, when, as I'm talking, this mood was coming out, right? I don't normally cuss in general. Maybe I cuss a little more than normal. I'm gripping about this or gripping about that. And I, the, the odd thing was, I knew I was doing it when I was doing it. I knew, I, I, don't do this. Because as a leader, as a courageous leader, you have the right to be in a bad mood, but you don't have a right to show your bad mood. People will reflect how you act. So if I'm giving off these negative vibes, what do you think they're going to do when they walk out of my office to their employees? So I didn't have the right to act the way I was acting. I kind of knew it when I was doing it, but hey, listen, we, I, just, I, was, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't let off, right? I, just, I was just pissed off. I think we've all been there a few times. But then I did something that, frankly, I was kind of ashamed of doing right when I did it. That general conversation led into me talking about an employee that wasn't in the room, but talking about one of their employees in a negative light. I didn't talk about them in a negative light based on their job performance, because I think that's okay. Like if somebody is performing poorly, you can talk about that. I kind of talked about them in a negative light on a personal level, just some mannerisms that I didn't like, completely off base. And uh, a few minutes later, the employees... These were supervisors, by the way. Uh, they shuffled off. An employee I was talking about worked for them. They shuffled off. And I'm sitting there alone in my office, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that was inappropriate. You know, what's wrong with me? I mean, maybe this podcast is percolating because I'm like, this is inappropriate. I, I don't need to do that anymore. But then these, these supervisors came back to me, and I'm actually extremely proud of what happened next. They both walked in my office, and they said, Major, do me a favor and uh, treat these employees a little better. And uh, they weren't really even worried about saying it to me. And I think it's because of the foundation I built. Obviously, this is, there's a trust level there. They know they can bring these things to me and they can confront me on things. And I'm not going to go completely ballistic and boot them out of the units or whatever else, right? Because trust me, we've all worked around that guy or gal. We, we know who we're talking about here. And they told me that and... Oddly enough, I was kind of, it was a proud moment, right? Like, even though I was ashamed of the way I acted, I was like, you know, well, you're right. You're absolutely right. I apologize to you. Uh, this employee didn't hear any of this stuff, so the employee is clueless, but obviously I'm talking to their supervisor. I said, you're right. Very inappropriate. Shouldn't have done it. I apologize. But I got to thinking later how important that moment was for all leadership. Do you have people that work for you that will walk in boldly and tell you when you're messing up because you need those people because it's about self-awareness. Now, I was already feeling bad about that. I may or may not have gone to them later and apologized. I don't know what I would have done, right? Or they could have gotten busy and I would have just forgot about it and moved on. But by them bringing that to me has made me super sensitive about my behavior. And as I said earlier, that's what we need as leaders. Because the days go on, days go on, days go on. And if you're not aware of your behavior, you're not aware of what you're doing, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing 
in leadership. That could have backfired royally on me, right? Those guys could have walked away, been completely pissed off, and completely just, I mean, obviously, if you have employees that uh, toxic, you know, toxic leadership is important. And this was a moment of toxic leadership that the way I was acting. But they didn't do that. They came back to me. And that is what self-awareness is. You cannot be self-aware yourself. I knew I was being an ass, but I probably didn't understand how they took that. For me, I was just venting. I was blowing off steam, trying to make myself feel a little better about the day. But to them, they took that personally, and that could have affected things in a very negative fashion. And so I told them, I said, man, I really appreciate you bringing this to me because you're absolutely right. But it got me to thinking about you out there listening. Have you built an environment, have you built a culture where you will be made self-aware on a constant basis? And I want to encourage you to do that. That is so important for leadership. Some of the greatest leaders I know have built that environment. And I'm not perfect at it, but I am continually working day in and day out about that. I bring some of this stuff up in my seminars about me going to lunch with these guys and them talking to me. And I, I see the look in a few people's faces when I say that, that, that kind of nobody's really thought about that because you've got to understand the mentality of law enforcement. Like we think at a certain rank or a certain level, a certain authority, you know, we kind of, we're kind of the, the experts in the room and, and we're going to say this and people are just going to do what we say. Folks, you're never going to achieve greatness if that's the attitude that you have. You have to have an attitude of humility an attitude of being contrite, an attitude of knowing that people around you are the most important thing to accomplish in that mission. And I think building an environment where you are always self-aware of what you do is pretty important. And this goes far beyond your work in any law enforcement agency. I would say probably successful marriages have this built into it. I can remember when I first got married, like my wife would like to let something build up for a month or two and then just explode on me right like one time it was like you never do the dishes and i was like well i never did the dishes like I, I grew up in a house where my mother did the dishes and i don't mind doing dishes but you've got to let me know i said hey do me a favor this was years ago do me a favor we've been married 27 years so i think it worked do me a favor like if you don't like something i'm doing just i'm stupid i don't know right like i think men in marriage that's the best approach just say hey we're stupid you you women just let us know what you want we'll do it i said don't don't stew on it just tell me. You don't have to tell me twice. And ever since, I've been trying to pitch in and do whatever she said, right? So I think that's, that's really the key in a lot of things in life, being self-aware. And when it comes to leadership, whether that's your kids, your wife, your department, your church, wherever it is, it's super important. And this is what's worked for me. I encourage you to find out a solution for yourself. Never rest on your laurels. Always continue to be aware of what you're doing and how it affects people and how you can improve in the future. Thanks for listening. And just remember, lead on and stay courageous. Thank you for listening to Courageous Leadership with Travis Yates. We invite you to join other courageous leaders at travisyates.org.